this is the Bet Labs Podcast. My name is John Ewing. On today's show, how to bet ranked teams early in the season in college basketball, a rare wagering opportunity in college football, and does the Super Bowl really go through Pittsburgh? But first, let's say hello to our co-host, Travis Reed. What up, Travis? Hey, John. Yeah, college basketball starting up this week, doing a lot of work here at Bet Labs, trying to get some first half, second half information available to our members, but pretty exciting. Uh, I heard somebody today call it a degenerate's delight with all the different sports going on. I, I like that term. So uh, another sport to add to the list on the schedule um, and really excited to get that season started. I was going to say, it's only November, but it's going to feel a little bit like March come Friday. We have day games, which is so exciting. I, I agree. It is a degenerate's uh, – what did you say? Degenerate's, degenerate's delight. Degenerate's delight, yes. Okay, I think that's fitting. So let's start with college basketball, Travis. Uh, the new season tipping on Friday. What teams are favorite to win the tournament, and then which teams have value based on our simulations? Yeah, so the odds makers have the uh, the normal blue bloods at the top. Uh, Duke at five to one, Michigan State five fifty, uh, Arizona eight to one, Kentucky ten to one, North Carolina twelve, and Kansas at fourteen. Uh, then you get a couple long shots. Mizzou and Wichita State are at sixteen to one. Villanova at twenty to one. Louisville at twenty to one. Uh, that is a, at Bet Online. Uh, one thing that we would uh, we always encourage people to do, but especially on futures. Uh, you can always shop around and find a lot, right. uh, a lot of variance in futures more so than lines. Uh, usually in a standard game, you're kind of shopping around for that extra half point or so, whereas in futures, especially college sports, you can find some massively different um, lines at different books. So definitely encourage you to uh, shop around there. But uh, expecting a lot of the favorites there, um, you know, to be those same top teams that uh, bettors love to bet no matter what the number is. Right. So using the odds and then using data from ESPN, Ken Palm, we ran 10,000 simulations of the upcoming season based on Joe Lenardi's uh, most recent bracketology, which he just put up yesterday. So a couple teams, according to our numbers, jump out. Uh, Villanova is one of them. They're sitting in that like 20 to 1 range. We have them as the most likely favorite if the tournament started today, uh, how do you feel about that play? Do you think any other teams maybe are a better bet? Um, I, I do like Villanova. We were talking about it just before we came on. They're kind of right there with the top teams in the country, but they just still don't quite have that name recognition, uh, you know, that like a Duke or a Kansas or a Kentucky has. Um, so like those teams are in that 5-1 to one up to 10-1 to one range, and you can still get 20-1 to one with Villanova. With their talent, I do think that's a good one. One team I keep getting suckered in on this team year in and year out, it seems like, is Virginia at 50-1. to 1. Um, I just really like whenever you can play a really solid defense. Uh, Syracuse did it for years with their zone, and uh, Virginia's kind of the uh, patented their defense now to really slow the game down. Um, obviously, it, it opens yourself up to some upsets because it's not a high-scoring game, so you can keep a team in it. But uh, I think at 50-1, to one, um, Virginia is one of my long shot plays this year. Yeah, another one with some good odds, Wichita State, 24-1. to one. Uh, Greg Marshall's team, they're making the transition. They're going to the AAC this year. So it should be uh, a new conference, improved competition. But this team won 31 games a year ago. They return all five of their starters and their top eight scorers. So a uh, very 
dangerous squad there in Wichita State. I think uh, the step up in competition could help them get a better seed, and that typically leads to an easier path to the title. So at 24 to 1, uh, I like Wichita State a lot. Yeah, um, that makes a lot of sense. Wichita State, I don't think any team has gotten screwed more by the committee than Wichita State the last couple of years. Um, just whenever you're looking at some of the different sites like Ken Palm, like, like we said, they're just a really good team and they were getting treated like a mid-major that had just barely won their conference. Right. Uh, so definitely like that one. Uh, another long shot, Cincinnati, uh, get them around 65 to one. Um, you know, there was another guy, Jordan Majewski. He liked him at, as one of their value picks. Um, so definitely one of those teams that, um, that, like I said, doesn't have a lot of name recognition, but come March, uh, could have a chance to make a deep run, um, in the bracket. One of the strategies we always talk about each season is betting against the public. Uh, the strategy still works in college basketball. What are a few ways we can apply it? Yeah, we've talked about this with other sports. You can't just blindly bet against the public. That's not how it works. You have to uh, focus on some different uh, aspects, uh, one of them being highly bet games. We, we have a couple of filters for that. You can look at just raw number of bets or compare the number of bets to an average game. Uh, but when you focus on those highly bet games, those are the ones that the public is really betting. They're not betting uh, the mid-major games. Uh, they're betting the games that are uh, the big um, you know, top 25 teams, games mm-hmm. on TV, uh, games that they're – those are the ones that the public's really jumping on board on, college game days featuring them, stuff like that. So uh, if you're going to bet against the public, you want to focus on those games that the public is heavily invested in, which makes a lot of sense. I uh, just mentioned it, fading ranked teams is another thing you can do. Uh, a lot of people don't. It's impossible to follow every college basketball game. Uh, there's just way too many uh, to watch all season long. So, te- uh, you know, average better, your average Joe, he's just going to look at the ranks. I think those teams are really good regardless of whether or not he's watched them play or not. So fading them, you can get some value there. Uh, and then lastly, fading teams on an ATS winning streak. Once a team starts to cover uh, three or four or five games in a row, uh, you can start to kind of buy into that regression that they're going to, um, you know, not be able to cover that next one. So we've seen all three of those strategies be profitable uh, since 2005. Yeah, and what's really interesting, I think, is that going against the public works best when uh, a ranked team is involved. But what we have seen is early in the season, you actually want to go the opposite way of that. You want to be on the ranked teams, uh, and it only lasts basically the first week of the season, games one through four. The most profitable time to be on a ranked team is in game one. This morning, I was looking at it. So betting every ranked team since 2005, you're right around 50% down over 270 units. But if in game one, uh, it jumps up to 57% against the spread and a, a very profitable, just simply betting these ranked teams. If you look at it in games where they're against unranked opponents, uh, the win rate and ROI improves. And then in heavily bet games, it jumps up to over 60% with a, a nice win rate uh, and units won. It's a small sample, but that's what's expected when you look at just as the first game of the season. My theory for this, Travis, was that uh, you know, early in the year, even though teams are practicing, there's no substitution for real live game action. And so it'll take teams a little while to adjust, incorporate new schemes and players. Uh, but these top 25 teams, the most talented, the teams with the best coaching in the country would be able to overcome those disadvantages and play at or near uh, their peak right away. And so these teams 
tend to be a little bit more undervalued, especially against uh, weaker competition right out of the gate. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think that makes some sense. You also don't have any, uh, you know, scouting reports or video on these teams yet. Um, so it's kind of like if you were just to do a five-on-five -five scrimmage, just roll the ball out and play, you would expect the more talented team to, you know, be able to uh, to be better in that sense, uh, in that instance. So, uh, yeah, I would, I would agree with that, uh, and that's probably why we're seeing that in that first game, in that first week, those ranked teams are able to uh, cover those large numbers. But then as the season goes on, like we said, that's when you really want to start um, you know, try to fade those teams that have those ranking uh, right in front of their team name. Now, these those are a few strategies that you can use to be profitable in college basketball, but they don't have nearly the sample size or consistent winning results that our pro systems do. And we have a number of them for our users in college basketball. What are a couple that you like the best ones that you uh, follow every season? Yeah, so our uh, pro systems, we've kind of given them the uh, the check mark there as we expect these to be profitable going forward. Uh, the first one, uh, betting the under on high totals, um, it's hit at a 59.3% uh, rate against the spread, or I guess against the uh, over-under there in that case. Um, and one thing that's uh, interesting about that system, we didn't really see any sort of drop-off whenever the shot clock changed. Um, obviously, that's going to change the over-unders uh, when we're seeing uh, more possessions per game. But that system just kept on trucking, uh, still continuing to win um, You know, a lot of units there for our members. Uh, another one, going contrarian on Saturdays. It actually uh, has the same 59.3% against the spread. Uh, again, kind of ties in with what we said er earlier, focusing on those highly bet games. Uh, a lot of times you're not going to be able to um, you know, be betting during the week, but you have that day off on Saturday plop down on the couch, the average Joe's just going to be sitting there, um, you know, betting those games that are on, on on his TV. So going contrarian on Saturdays has been even more profitable than during the week. Uh, and then the last one, we've been tracking uh, dollar percentages for a couple of years now and um, uh, following our pro system based on money disparity. That's gone 63.6% .6 against the spread. Um, and it's really looking for sharp action versus public action, uh, looking at the difference between the uh, – the percentage of tickets on a game and the percentage of dollars on a game and uh, seeing where the line moves because of that and then being able to kind of uh, uh, find that sharp action and be able to uh, follow it. Yeah, I think that's my favorite system right now, Travis, just because we're using new information that's not wildly or widely available to the public because everyone can get the actual betting percentages on a game. I mean, heck, Sports Insights gives that away for free on their live odds page, but the dollar percentage, that's something that only Bet Labs users can get, and I think that's going to give us a real advantage uh, as we move forward here in the college basketball season. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Because um, like you said, even if you're not using Sports Insights and you're using one of these other Joe Schmo websites, uh, you know, you can you see betting percentages more and more prevalent uh, in just the betting world. But yeah, those dollar percentages um, I think that's going to give us a leg up. All right. Well, I'm st uh, stoked for Friday. A lot of games, ton of action. Looking forward to getting some bets on. Uh, after Friday, we're right back into college football. So a heck of a weekend. I wanted to, before we get into some actual trends for this weekend, touch on the Heisman race. It's been interesting this season. The odds have moved a lot. Right now, Baker Mayfield is the favorite but just a week ago he was at 10 to 1 so do you buy into the line movement do you think anyone has some decent value with longer odds i guess basically if i put a gun to your head who would you take 
Well, I mean, gun to your head, uh, you always have to take the favorite, right? Like, uh, if it's life and death, you always have to take the guy that has the <laughs> highest chance of uh, has the highest chance of winning. So you have to take that. Uh, as far as maybe a team that I I like, or maybe a guy that I like that has the best odds, uh, that'd be Josh Adams, Notre Dame at eight to one. Um, like we just saw, you, you can make a big jump this late in the season with a key game, and there's going to be a key game uh, this Saturday against Miami. Um, Oklahoma could lose to TCU, and then you could see Mayfield's odds drop right back to where they were. Even if they beat TCU, they're going to have to play a Big 12 championship game. It could just be another rematch on a neutral field or something like that. Uh, so there's there's still a lot that could you know go wrong for Oklahoma. Um, so I think Notre Dame there eight to one, um, uh, you know, taking Josh Adams there. I think that's probably the, uh, the best value there, but I really don't like uh, a lot of them all that much, to be honest. Yeah, I think that's fair. I was going to say, if you were going to take a long shot, you need to concentrate on a team, maybe, you know, somebody from Miami or Wisconsin, these undefeated squads that if they, everything keeps going their way, uh, you know, the, decision makers are going to be like, okay, we, we need to reward someone on this team for the great season that they're having. But yeah, I agree. I think uh, gun to your head, you probably have to just go with Mayfield. And as long as the Sooners keep winning, uh, he's had a lot of big moments that's going to stick in the voters' minds. Uh, what else do we got going on in college football? Uh, you know, something I want to talk to you about, Travis, a really rare betting opportunity that we have this weekend is fading a ranked team on a losing streak. Penn State, they've lost two in a row, both games heartbreakers. Uh, now they're huge favorites at home against Rutgers. Do you think there's some value on the Scarlet Knights? Um, well, we have, like you said, it doesn't happen very often, but when a ranked team is on a losing streak, it's uh, 31 and 18 and 1. That's 63.3% against the spread to fade that team that's on the losing streak. So that would uh, point to Rutgers getting currently the 31 points there at Pinnacle. Uh, we've actually seen that um, the public has joined in on that so far. Uh, still not a whole lot of bets there on that game, but 62% of bets are actually on Rutgers jumping off the Penn State uh, bandwagon. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. Obviously a large number to cover there. Um, so we'll see if Penn State is able to bounce back from those two losses. Uh, a little bit of small sample size there, but when that does happen, we've seen that the team on the losing streak is not the good bet on that third game in a row. Well, and uh, some research you did a few weeks ago, we've actually found that big favorites, so teams getting 30 or more points, have been profitable in the college football era. Once uh, the committee went away from selecting teams based on margin of victory, once the computers, I should say, took that out of the calculation. So getting 30 points, uh, going up against a team that's lost, a ranked team that's lost two in a row, yeah, I think, uh, you know, Maybe a unit on records isn't a terrible idea. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Um, yeah, we've seen um, you know those underdogs in those huge games be able to come through, especially this year. Uh, like we said, we think that's uh, our hypothesis behind that is just because um, that margin of victory doesn't really matter so much now that we're using a committee instead of computers. A lot of big games this weekend, Travis. Top 25 matchups. You got Bama, Mississippi State, Georgia, Auburn, Notre Dame, Miami, Oklahoma, TCU. Any contrarian train? Uh, <laughs> I can't talk. Any trends for these games uh, that you find interesting? 
Uh, don't worry, talking's not important, just a podcast. Um, so yeah, the first one, uh, undefeated teams in November and December are just 48.3% against the spread. If you just look at since we've moved to the playoffs, uh, that number drops to 20 and 39 against the spread. That's a 34% win rate against the spread. Obviously, uh, Georgia and uh, Bama would both uh, apply to that, but I, I think Georgia, uh, right there, we've seen a huge lopsided game with everybody taking Georgia at Auburn, just having to lay the short number. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I think that's one of those where uh, they're getting all the talk that the number one team in the playoff committee rankings, uh, that that could be a, a great spot to be contrarian and to go against Georgia there. Uh, currently laying just two and a half uh, against Auburn on the road. Um, another one I like in top 25 uh, non-conference games when two 20, uh, ranked teams play each other. The higher ranked team is 66 and 39. That's almost 63% against the spread. Uh, so that would be uh, Notre Dame um, against Miami this week and, and what, another top 25 matchup. Uh, have quite a few. Should be a good college football week. Uh, what stuck out to you this week? Uh, a couple that I like, Travis Clemson. Big favorites at home against Florida State. The Tigers are in the top five and uh, in the college football playoff era, top five teams versus unranked opponents. 40% against the spread, so being contrarian there, going against Clemson, Florida State. Season kind of came off the rails when they lost their starting quarterback, but could be some value on them getting the points. Uh, and, of course, you know, just looking at Alabama, we talked about it last week, and it came true. So another spot where you could profit by fading the tide. They're one of the most – they're one of the best teams against uh, ranked opponents, but – if you look at how it breaks down in SEC West games, they're 18 and 19 against the spread and all others 19 and six. So when they play anyone outside of their division, they tend to cover, but against uh, division rivals, not so much. So they're double, they're two touchdown favorites right now against Mississippi state. Yeah. we just saw that play out last week. We, uh, we liked LSU in that game uh, to stay within that number and they were able to do so. So uh, we'll see if that continues again this week. Travis, more than half the season is in the books with the NFL. The guys at the Action Network, we teamed up to create some midseason awards. So everything from uh, best Super Bowl futures ticket to top DFS rookie to worst beat. Uh, what were some of your favorite moments from the first half of the season? Oh, man, the moose of the year. I uh, just love that one. On Monday Night Football, Chiefs, uh, my Kansas City Chiefs playing the Redskins. Um, yeah, so they make a field goal, four seconds left. They have a three-point lead. The uh, the spread's in play. Um, they're they're seven-point favorites. And uh, Washington tries their lateral, lateral, lateral. Of course, there's a fumble. Justin Houston picks it up, takes it in the end zone. No time left on the clock. So the uh, Chiefs get the unlikely cover. Not only that, but it puts it over the total of 47.5. So a, a total and a spread decided on a fluke fumble to end the game. Um, on, on a Monday night game. I, I don't think I've ever seen so much money switch hands on, on one plate in that one. So uh, that, that moose of the year really stuck out in my mind. Yeah, that was crazy. Uh, I also thought it was interesting to look back on what sides the Sharps were on, which uh, win totals, excuse me. Uh, they liked the Colts under, the Jets under, Eagles under, Giants under, and Jags over. And, you know, heading into week 10, they look right on the Colts. They look right as well on the Giants and the Jags, but 
they appear to have whiffed on the Jets and the Eagles. And if uh, they would have been following our advice, they'd at least be right on gangrene because we were all over that over with them. It got down to as low as three, three and a half, I think. Yeah. Uh, anytime a number gets that low, it's tough not to take the over. Um, there, there's just too much luck and, and just randomness in the NFL to to take an under on, on a bet like that. Um, another one that stuck out on this one, um, you know, running the model and the simulations every week. Uh, Team Vegas has been the most off on the Los Angeles Rams. I, I can definitely uh, feel their pain on that one. Was slow. <laughs> uh, the model is definitely slow to come around on the Rams. Uh, they're now in the top 10 in our rankings and everything. But, uh, you know, we saw them get off to a decent start last year and then just, you know, couldn't win a game to, to save their lives to the end. So, um, I think it's always still beneficial to kind of slow down at the beginning of the season, but the Rams definitely uh, prove Vegas wrong and show that they are one of the uh, the better teams in the NFL this year. Yeah, uh, it just is a testament to how terrible Jeff Fisher is, I think. It really is. It's crazy that just change. they mostly have the same roster. Uh, obviously, there's some turnover with every NFL team, but – uh, yeah, just by putting in a, an actual NFL offense, who knew that that would be beneficial to a team? That's crazy. Uh, you, you talked about the simulations, Travis. We updated them once again heading into week 10. So by our numbers, the Patriots are the best team in the AFC. The Eagles are the best in the NFC in our power rankings. But the Steelers are actually the Super Bowl favorites. What the heck? Uh, so, yeah, you got to look at their uh, their schedule and their road to the playoffs. Um, the, the big, the key here is that Pittsburgh and new England, uh, first of all, just, uh, they play each other, but even ignoring that game, Pittsburgh has a much easier road, uh, going through week 17, uh, than new England does. And then of course they do play that heads to head, uh, head to head matchup in week 15. That game is at Pittsburgh. So we expect Pittsburgh to be a small favorite in that one. Uh, so given in all those factors, um, Pittsburgh has a 43% chance to have home field advantage, whereas New England has 27.6%. Um, another reason, the NFC is much deeper right now than the AFC. Uh, Philadelphia is going to have a tougher road because, uh, you know, you could be facing a 5 or 6 seed that could be Dallas or Carolina, um, which are, are better teams than we think than like a Buffalo or a Tennessee would be in the AFC. So the top teams in the AFC are going to have an easier road, uh, even though Philly has put themselves in a great spot. They're going to have a, a, some tougher competition in that first game in the playoffs. Every team's played at least eight games, so we're getting a feel for who the good teams are, who the bad teams are, and I wanted to look at some conference futures, uh, you know, in the AFC, the Patriots are the favorites. In the NFC, uh, we have – oh, I just lost my spot. Uh, the Eagles, of course, are the favorites. But what teams do we think have value that maybe are being overlooked even with uh, half the season already over? Yeah, uh, so we just talked about the Steelers being our Super Bowl favorite, uh, so that makes them our AFC favorite as well. Uh, plus 340, I think that's a good price there for the Steelers. Um, but the, the team that's really interesting, Jaguars at eight to one, uh, I actually have the Jaguars in a Super Bowl future. So in case you're wondering if I do believe in the simulations, yeah, I actually do put money on it, As soon as you like click accept on that Jaguars to win the Super Bowl, that's when you've really bought in. So uh, I think that's, um, you know, when you really decide, okay, these simulations have something, but eight to one to win the AFC. Uh, I think that's, uh, some good value there as well. Uh, on the NFC, um, we're still pretty high on the Seahawks. 
um, you know, plus 650, I think is a good value there. Uh, surprise team, the Saints at 7-1, to one, um, you know, have won, they got off the 0-2 start, but have won six straight. So uh, their defense has really picked it up, and, of course, they have their running game. Um, and it doesn't hurt to have Drew Brees in your back pocket as well. So 7-1, uh, to one, uh, there's some value there on the Saints to win the NFC and get to their Super Bowl as well. Okay, everybody, join Travis, take the Jags to win at least the AFC, if not the Super Bowl, and uh, you can sweat out Blake Bortles in the playoffs with us. Okay? Oh, man. Yeah, it'll, be, it'll be so exciting. It's it's so weird. Uh, I immediately just started thinking about that Moneyball quote from the movie. It's like people are overlooked because I was like, that's why the Jaguars they're they're stuck in that overlooked thing. That they're the Kevin Euclid of the NFL right now. They just look weird because they still have Blake Bortles at quarterback. But all the numbers say, yeah, they're they're a good football team. It'll be a good I versus uh, you know stat test, which yeah. will play out here. Uh, week ten, Travis in Survivor pools. There are still a few people alive, believe it or not. And right now, according to Yahoo, 75% <laughs> of participants are taking the Lions versus the Browns. Uh, you got to fade Detroit, right? Yeah, so this is hard for some people to um, to grasp this concept um, because I, I've heard a couple of people on Twitter, well, this is the only time I really want to take the Lions. Why would I save them for later? So right now the current odds at Pinnacle and uh, the model are around 85% chance that the Lions win this game. So there's essentially a 15% chance that 75% of the people left in your pool uh, get knocked out if the Browns upset the Lions. You may even think it's 90% chance or higher. You know, um, but you know, even in that small slim chance that the Browns win, 75% of the field gets knocked out. That's what you actually want to be rooting for. So that's why you fade Detroit. Don't take them this week. Uh, it's positive expected value to not take Detroit. Uh, I think Carolina's my uh, favorite pick. Uh, Pittsburgh's right there. Uh, Rams, third, Seattle, Jacksonville, New England. I would take all those plays before I would uh, take Detroit. Uh, I realize it looks weird on paper, um, but you know, mathematically, that, that's the better way to go. Before we give out some pro system picks, Travis, let's finish up with some Week 10 betting trends. What's uh, what? What are some of your favorite contrarian plays for Sunday? Yeah, you uh, talked about uh, on the blog Pittsburgh and Indianapolis being a trap game. Uh, Double-digit favorites are just uh, 213 and 244, 46.6%. When that double-digit favorite is on the road, that drops to 28 and 42, just 40% against the spread. Hard to cover a big number like that on the road. Uh, Pittsburgh is coming off a bye, and they're playing a bad indie team, so public probably doesn't care about that. But uh, that big number on the road's uh, been really tough to cover uh, historically. Uh, another one, Houston at the Rams. Uh, Rams getting a ton of public action. And uh, favorites of a touchdown or more getting 70% of bets are just 45.5% against the spread. So be careful whenever you're taking that big favorite uh, that everyone else is jumping on as well. Uh, we just talked about the Rams are a good team, but uh, that number might be a little bit inflated with uh, both teams coming off um, – or with the Rams coming off a blowout win and Houston coming off a loss against Indy. Yeah, one that I like, Travis, is a game that unless you have a wager on it, you're not going to be watching. It's 49ers, Giants, uh, San Francisco, winless. New York only has one W on the season. So this is a dumpster fire bowl, basically. <laughs> and San Francisco opened as a one-point favorite. The line now has swung to Eli Manning and the G-Men 
minus two and a half on the road. What you want to do when two bad teams play, that's teams with less than a 25% win rate, fade the favorite. Favorites are 49 and 67. That's just 42% against the spread. I think it makes sense. If both teams are really bad, why would you want to bet on the favorite? You know? Yeah, uh, that does make some sense. Uh, but yeah, you're right. Nobody, Hopefully nobody's watching that game because that, that'll just hurt your eyes. That's that's not going to be some good football there. All right, Travis. Uh, give us a pro system play for this weekend that you like. Uh, I really like the Bengals. Uh, currently getting four and a half. If you uh, were on the website earlier this week, you may have been able to get a better line than that. Um, but we actually have four different pro systems all pointing to the Bengals. I think the Titans are a little overrated. Our, our power ratings have them in the 20s. Uh, haven't really done anything um, you know, too spectacular yet. Uh, but the system I'll highlight here is a road trip off of a loss with favorable line movement, uh, 63% all time, uh, six and two against the spread this year. Um, and like I said, fits the Bengals uh, coming off that loss on the road, uh, getting four and a half points. I like them to cover this weekend in Tennessee. What about you? What do you like this weekend? I think one of my favorite plays in the NFL is the Bucks at home against the Jets. The look-ahead line for this game was Tampa Bay by uh, four and a half. Now the Jets are favored on the road. The big swing is because Jameis got hurt. Mike Evans is going to be suspended. And New York looked good in a win in primetime last Thursday night against Buffalo. Plus the Jets have been a covering machine. They're 6-2-1 and one against the number while the Bucks are just one six and one against the spread, so public is on the Jets on the road. Sharps are coming in on the Bucks. We got a couple pro systems that point to Tampa as well. The one is looking at teams after a big loss. Uh, Tampa lost thirty to ten to the Saints a week ago, and just blindly betting every team that lost by twenty or more points the next week. Uh, has covered around 54% against the spread. You had a couple more filters, and you get to almost 64% against the number since 2003. So I like the Bucks plus the points at home. And then I was looking at it, Travis, you know, a lot of games in college football with some lines. One that's interesting to me is Ohio State minus 17 against Michigan State. The Buckeyes crapped the bed a week ago, <laughs> losing uh, outright. I mean, just get smashed by Iowa. Now they're uh, plus two touchdown favorites at home against Michigan State, and the public is off the Buckeyes. Huge in this one. Over 80% of the bets are on Sparty, taking the points. And we got a system that looks at going against the public, being contrarian, and getting back on Ohio State after they disappointed you. So that's one for college football that I think is enticing this weekend. Yeah, it's really weird to see, um, you know, the public not on Ohio State. They're one of the most public teams all year. Uh, so it's one of those rare opportunities to uh, fade the public and get the Buckeyes at the same time. So weird to see that situation. Um, and I, I'm definitely on that same side on that game. Okay, everyone, that's going to do it for us for this weekend. Uh, remember, subscribe to our podcast on SoundCloud. Follow us on Twitter at but bet underscore labs. Until next time, for Travis, I'm John. Peace.